Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. For more information about Abbott Loop, visit abbottloop.org. I'm honored to be able to be a part of this series that we've been preaching on in identity. It's, it's such an amazing understanding when we fully grasp who we are, whose we are, who God says that we are, how he created and designed us to be from the very beginning. And when we walk in our true identity, we really are shaped by him. Right? He's the one who made us. We're in his image, designed by him. And so as we get a better understanding of who God is, we get a better understanding of who we are. Right? And, and we know the difference between walking insecure and walking secure. Right? And when we know our identity, we walk in this security that cannot be changed. And so I'm honored to be able to speak into this series. Um, the title of my message is Our Identity in the Good Shepherd. I'm excited to preach about Jesus. I shouldn't be preaching about anything else. Jesus is fantastic. He's amazing. And I'm going to jump through John chapter 10, and we're going to go kind of in the middle of this uh, parable that he's teaching here. So if you turn with me, it's obviously not on the board, but hopefully you guys have Bibles or iBibles, one of those. And let's turn to John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am This is Jesus speaking, obviously. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. How many of you know people that are hired hands in your life? I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as the father knows me and I know the father so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Wow, what an amazing passage right here that Jesus is speaking about. Let's break it out in just a moment but let's, let's pray first. Father, we thank you, God, that you were so good. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to live for us, to die for us, to be raised back from the dead and to send the Holy Spirit to lead us Through all the difficulty of life, all the good things, all the bad things, God, we know that you are with us constantly. And Father, help us to have a better understanding today of Jesus as the good shepherd. Lead us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we've got this parable that Jesus is teaching. Now, a little bit of backstory. He's speaking specifically to this man that he had just recently healed. He was born blind. And he had healed him and he had sent him to the temple. And at the temple, instead of being excited, the Pharisees actually kicked him out. Because he had said that Jesus had healed him and he healed him on the Sabbath and he was claiming he was the Messiah. And he's like, no, he couldn't be the Messiah. So they kick him out. And Jesus finds the man right afterwards and he starts speaking to this man this parable about sheep and about a shepherd. And not only is he speaking to the man, but he's speaking to the disciples and the crowds that are around. And the Pharisees are around too. And so there's a few things that Jesus is trying to get these people to understand there. First of all, he was trying to get them to see that they were sheep, that they needed a shepherd, and that he was the good shepherd. Now, I don't know if you've been compared to an animal before, but if somebody compared you to a sheep, you'd probably be like, really? A sheep? Like, that's the best I could be? What about a lion? A bear? Something like an eagle, something that's a little bit more intimidating than a sheep. Here's things about sheep. Sheep are not smart. They're not. 
Sheep wander all the time. Sheep are super dependent. They need somebody to lead them. Right? Like our babies are super dependent. When you have a baby, they're amazing, they're beautiful, but they can't do anything for you. They're reliant on you, and this is how sheep are. Sheep are super dependent on a shepherd. A sheep are also prey to like everything. Wolves, bears, lions, big birds, dogs, kitty cats, like anything could take out a sheep. Again, it's not an intimidating animal, right? You wouldn't get a tattoo of a sheep on your arm to intimidate somebody. Like, oh, that's cute and cuddly. And he's calling this whole crowd of people. He's telling them, you guys are sheep. And he's speaking the same thing to us. Now, before we get too offended, let's look at it. Let's be honest. Just like sheep, we need guidance. We need constant care. Just like sheep, we tend to wander off and follow the things that seem to benefit us most in the moment, seem right in the moment, that we need somebody or something to really guide us and say who we are, speak the truth of who we are, that we live our entire life trying to find this abundant life, trying to find this life of peace, and we follow whatever it is that is going to take us down that right path, or at least we hope will be the right path. We're constantly searching and wandering from place to place, a lot like sheep. And Jesus is saying, yes, you're sheep, but here's the good thing. I'm the shepherd, and I'm a good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd that cares for the sheep, that lays his life down for the sheep, that cares so intimately about what's going on in each individual sheep's life, that I'm going to watch out for you, that I'm going to guide you, that I'm going to make sure that nothing will come in between our relationship. I am the good shepherd. But then he also says, but there's some hired hands out there. And remember, the Pharisees are right here. And he's speaking about the Pharisees. These are hired hands. And there's going to be hired hands or are our hired hands in our life that will want to lead us and want to shape us and tell us who we are and tell us who we're not. And a lot of times we follow those hired hands because it looks right in the moment. But then when something gets difficult, when conflict arises, those people are gone. Because they're not the good shepherd, they're a hired hand. And Jesus is trying to tell them, look, there are hired hands around us. And then he introduces another character, and he says there's also a thief. And the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Why do we need a good shepherd? Because there's hired hands out there that don't truly care for our heart and want to lead us into the right path. They want to lead us to the place that benefits them. But then there's also a thief out there that tries to steal your identity from you, tries to shape who you are and change who you are, tries to lie to you and tell you you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not effective enough, you're not as good as the person next to you. He wants to get in your mind and get in your head and render you ineffective for the kingdom of God. That is the enemy. And the enemy is real, and Jesus is pleading to this man and to everybody else that there is a real enemy out there, and I want to protect you and watch over you. But you have to see that there's a real thief trying to destroy your legacy, trying to destroy your marriage, trying to destroy the relationships around you and keep you so that you're not benefiting or growing the kingdom, but isolate you, lie to you, and keep you at a distance. This is why we need a shepherd. And this is why Jesus so intimately was pleading to them and saying, listen, 
I am that shepherd. I am that one that loves you, that cares about you, that knows you, knows you already. Trust me. Lean into me. So I want to highlight some main benefits of a good shepherd. And the first one is, in the good shepherd, I have all that I need. In Psalm 23, 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That is so good. That could stop right there. I lack nothing. And this is David speaking. And David, we know, grew up as a shepherd. And he was a good shepherd. It says he cared for the sheep. He played instruments for the sheep, sang to them, talked to them. People probably thought he was crazy just walking around talking to sheep all the time. But he loved them. And he literally put his life on the line several times. It says at least that he fought off and killed a bear and a lion. That's pretty amazing. To protect the sheep. Because they couldn't do it on their own and they needed somebody to watch over them. And he was a good shepherd to the sheep. But then he also was a king and he was a good king and he learned how to shepherd people. And to watch over them, he wasn't a perfect king, but he was a good king. And so he knew what it was like to be a shepherd and to be a good shepherd, but he also knew what it was like to be a sheep, to follow the shepherd. And he knew that in a good shepherd, you don't have to worry about anything. In a good shepherd, you actually lack nothing because he's going to make sure you have all the foods you need, all the nutrients you need. He's going to make sure that you have peace when you need it. He's going to make sure you have joy and security, a family, a relationship. He's going to make sure the right people are around you because he's a good shepherd who cares for his sheep. And David was so secure in that that he could say with confidence, I lack nothing. When we walk around with this assurance, knowing that we have everything in him and that we lack nothing, it takes the pressure off us trying to be perfect. So many of us struggle with trying to do everything right and be perfect all of the time. And David, even being king, knew that that pressure wasn't on him, but it was actually on the good shepherd. Because the shepherd, God is the one who actually appointed him to be king. And he knew that he trusted that God was going to be the one that would promote him. So even when Saul was trying to kill him, when Saul was king, David still had the security of knowing I lack nothing because he's going to be the one to promote me. Listen, when we walk with this confidence, we don't have to make the promotion happen on our own. We don't have to force the relationship to work. We don't have to force people to like us. We don't have to become something else to everybody else in order to please them. But perfection can go out the window and we can say, you know what? I'm going to rest in the comfort of knowing that I have a good shepherd in me and he's going to grow me and he's going to shape me and he's going to give me the gifts I need and the abilities I need. He's going to train me up. He's going to put the right job in front of me, the right person in front of me. He's going to mend the relationships for me because I am leaning in to the good shepherd. And in him, I have all that I need. One of the hardest things I think for most of us to do is to learn how to follow and to follow well. Right? We want to take things in on our own hands. Like, oh, I got to figure it out. You step aside, let me do this. But we know how that ends, right? Horribly. But we know that when we, and if we know that when we trust in him, he's going to provide everything for us, we start to walk different. Listen to this. In Hebrews 13, verse 20, it says, Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all that you need for doing his will, 
May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. God is going to do the work inside of us. It's not saying that we're going to be lazy sheep and just lay around all day. It's saying when I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm listening to Jesus, my shepherd, he's going to walk me to the right places and he's going to do the work inside of me. And that's why it takes the pressure off of me being perfect. I learn not to be perfect. I learn to follow. If I can be a good follower, man, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be a good father. I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be a good son. I'm going to have everything I need because the shepherd provides everything for the sheep because the sheep are dependent on the shepherd. Second point is a good shepherd provides vision and direction to his sheep. Now, again, we talked about sheep not being the smartest animals, right? They're actually pretty dumb. And here's a fun fact. They would eat in the same area, same location, right? And they were so dependent on the shepherd to take them to the next spot and the next, even if it was like across the road, like down a little ways, they would just stay in the same area. So if the, if the shepherd got lazy or something and the sheep were just eating in the same spot, they wouldn't move to the next side of the green pasture. If there was still, they'd eat and eat and there's no grass anymore, they would keep eating. And all that was left over there, I think you know what happens after you eat, right? You, it comes back out, right? You, you poop. And then they kept going around and they kept eating what's around. So they ate, ate each other's excrements, filled their body with some delicious stuff, and then they died. That was their life. That's smart, right? Eat in the same spot and then you just eat each other's stuff and then you die. And that's how sheep are. Even if there's something that's detrimental to them. They keep doing the same thing because it's what's right in front of them. They're short-sighted. They're nearsighted. They can't see beyond what's right in front of them. So even if it's harmful, they don't realize that they keep doing the same thing over and over if they're not led to the next spot. Does this sound familiar? Now, hopefully it's not the exact same example, but what we tend to do is we go through the same destructive patterns in our life and we don't see the, what, where it's actually headed and where it's taking us, but we make those same decisions and same addictions that we feed over and over and it feels like this is what's best for me in this moment, but we struggle and struggle and it goes back to this destructive behavior that leads us to death. And we wonder why our relationships are broken, but we don't know how to connect with people intimately. And we don't know how to share our pains and our frustrations and our feelings on the inside. And we don't know how to forgive people and let people go, and we wander around with bitterness always. Or we worry about everything, and we don't know how to put our trust in Jesus that we are constantly struggling with anxiety. These destructive patterns are what we do when we aren't led well into the right places. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Seems right to me, well, it ends in death. But when we are led by the good shepherd, when we trust that we actually need a shepherd, we start to see what the shepherd provides for us. In Psalm 23 Verse 2, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Many of us don't know how to rest. It's one of the hardest things to do is truly rest. And again, I'm not saying lazy, just lay on the bed and watch Netflix all day. We could do that. But I'm saying learning what it's like to really trust in God and trust in our circumstances and rest in the fact that somebody else is going to lead us and lead us well. 
It's difficult to get to that place of just laying down and saying, okay, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to trust the good shepherd. I'm not going to keep striving and trying to be perfect in this. I'm going to rest in the right places. And he says, I'm going to make him lie down in green pastures, not brown pastures, the place that's good for you, where you find rest and you're actually growing in the midst of your rest. I've had some major injuries in my life. I decided to tear both Achilles different times because one wasn't enough, so I tore the other one. But in those seasons, I learned what it was like. There's a step. I learned, learned what it was like to actually rest and let other people help me. See, that was difficult for me because I figured I have to do it all and, and I have to be, you know, a good husband and a good father, so I have to do everything. Well, when you're laid up and you can't do anything, you have to learn what it's like to let other people in and let other people help. And I'm not saying Jesus tore my Achilles, but I am saying that he doesn't miss an opportunity to grow us and to shape us. And in the midst of that, God was doing a work in me and teaching me what it's like to rest and rely on other people. That even in that moment where I felt like I could do nothing, I was actually growing. I was growing my spirit. I was growing my trust in him. That in any season, God can, even in our rest, he can grow us. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul, he knows when we've been carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. He knows when we've been worrying about the details. And he knows what's best for our souls. He knows how to feed us. He knows how to give us peace. He knows when our situation seems hectic. And he can provide joy in the midst of it. When we trust in him, he leads us beside those still waters. Not the rushing waters that we can fall in and get destroyed. The still waters where it's just a refreshing time. And I think many of us need refreshing. We've been taking too much on on our own plate, in our own hands, worry, doubt, insecurity, fear, all these kind of things are creeping in. And God is saying, I'm gonna bring you by the still waters. I'm gonna refresh your soul. I know what's best for you. I know your heart. I know your thoughts. I know your mind. I know everything about you. Let me restore and refresh your soul. Let me give you joy that's not dependent on your circumstance. Let me give you peace in the midst of your storm. I have you. I'm with you. And then it says, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. He leads me to righteousness. I don't lead myself to righteousness. I don't make myself righteous. I don't make all the right decisions and choices. I don't make my moral and my character better. He does the work inside of me. When I become dependent on him, I'm depending on him to grow me and to shape me. Again, this isn't saying we're just being lazy and not improving in life. It's saying I'm resting in the fact that I know that he's going to do the work inside of me. He's going to make me a better husband. He's going to make me a better father. He's going to make me a better son. He's going to make me a better communicator. He's going to do the work inside of me. He leads me to the path of righteousness. As we trust in the good shepherd, he leads us to the right places. The third point is the good shepherd brings redirection. This one's fun. Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus is a good shepherd that knows when we're off path and realigns us and redirects us right back into the right places. The shepherd would carry a staff and a rod. Now, the rod was for protection, and the staff was for correction or redirection. Now, the staff, I don't know if you have one lying around at home, but it's a big stick with a hook at the end. 
So the point of the staff was if the shepherd or if the sheep were getting off path or they're eating things they shouldn't eat, he would go out there and he would hook them around the neck and bring them back into alignment, back into the right places. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a hook around your neck before. It doesn't sound very comfortable. It might cause you a little bit of pain. And when we get off the path of righteousness, when we get onto our own path, it causes us some pain and some discomfort. And we go through seasons of hurt and bitterness and hopelessness. But God, as the good shepherd is, he is redirecting us and realigning us and saying, hey, come back this way. That's not good for you. Come back to this spot. This is where the good pasture is. This is where your place of rest is. And he redirects us. He doesn't beat us. The rod isn't for him beating us. It's him bringing us back to the place of righteousness, saying, I've got you. This is what I have for you. Trust me in this. But it doesn't mean that when we get off the course, it doesn't mean we don't pay for our own consequences or have our own consequences with our choices. And it hurts a while. But he starts to bring us back into the good places. His correction is for redirection. It's to bring us back. But as sheep, they have a tendency to wander, and to wander far. And we know probably the parable of the lost sheep. Now, Jesus ties in three parables at once. He goes, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And in the lost sheep, it says the good shepherd, he leaves the 99 other sheep, and he goes running after the one so that he can find the one that is lost, that is off the path, and pick him up and carry him and bring him back. I don't know how many of you are parents out here, you probably have never experienced this, but probably you have. But a couple years ago, I took my, my family, um, my mother-in-law, my wife, and we had three kids at the time, and we all went to the Girdwood Forest Fair. Anybody been there? Fun place. There's like millions of people there, even though there's not millions of people in Alaska. There's some millions there. It's packed. Right, And so we were there, and my wife and my mother-in-law are like, hey, we want to hang out at some of these shops. And my kids didn't want to, and honestly, I didn't want to either. So I'm like, yeah, let's go to the park. So I take all the kids, and, and Avery is in my arms at that time. She's small. I don't think she was walking. And Cohen, Olivia, Cohen and Olivia just kind of take off, and they run to the park. I'm like, all right, great. I'll catch up with them. So I walk over to the park, and then I wander around a little bit, and I find Cohen. And there's Cohen. He's playing, and I'm playing with him a little bit, and I still have Avery in my arm. And I'm like, okay, now where's Olivia? I haven't seen her in a little bit. I should probably find her. So I start walking around and looking for her. And the, that park there is it's pretty big, and there's a lot of kids on it. So I'm, like, checking every kid, spinning every kid around, like, is this Olivia? Is this Olivia? And I can't find her. And so I start to worry a little bit. I start to panic. And I probably had this crazy look on my face. And this lady that, that worked there comes up to me and was like, hey, are you okay? And I said, no, I think I lost my daughter. She said, well, what does she look like? And I tell her. And she goes, oh, I saw a girl crying earlier asking for her dad. I'm like, great, I've scarred my child for life. <laughs> Good job, Reed. Okay, where is she? And they're like, well, the, the security took her to the stage. And if you know the layout of uh, Girdwood, it's, it's the park. And then the stage is way over on the other side of the whole area, in between all these tiny little lines of millions of people scattered together, right, and, and blocking your path. So it takes you like an hour to get to the other end. I'm like, great, okay, let's go. And I have Avery in my arm, and I'm like, okay, Cohen, let's go. And Cohen is gone. Now I've successfully lost two of my three children 
There's no way am I bringing 33% of my children to my wife and being like, here we go. Where are the rest? I have no idea. I was terrified. I was upset. I was sure somebody took them. And so worst thoughts going on in my mind, right? And so now I'm like, okay, I've got to find Cohen. So I'm running all around frantically, panicking, looking for Cohen. Finally, I find Cohen in the sandbox playing by himself, has no idea he's lost. He's totally having fun. I'm like, great. Didn't scar this one. Good job. Okay. Grabbed him. Now I've got Cohen and Avery in my arms, and I start running through traffic, right? And, and again, these, these roads, they're all narrow, so I'm like juking and jiving and spin move around people and trying to get to the other end where eventually I get to the other end of the place where the stage is. And I find a security guy there, and I'm like, hey, where's my daughter? He goes, who are you? Where is my daughter? She's lost. Olivia, where is she? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so he finally starts calling people on the walkie-talkie, and there's this place apparently that they send lost children because I'm not the only one. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but guess where this place is? Back over by the park. I was like right there. And so I come running through and this guy's running with me. And finally we find this place and there's this beautiful little girl sitting down coloring. And she looks up and she gets this big smile on her face, but also some tears at the same time. And I put my other two kids down. I didn't lose them this time. And I grabbed Olivia and I picked her up and I held her and I told her how much I loved her. And I was so sad that she was gone and I'm so glad that she's back. All of the thoughts in my mind were like, how could you run away? How could you do this? But none of that was in my response. My response was, I'm so glad that you're here. And my heart could actually rest because I didn't have to jump some random guy or something. <laughs> this is God's response to us when we wander. We think God is going to come with the stick and the rod and he's just going to beat us with it and be like, what were you thinking? You're so dumb. But that is not God's response. The good shepherd runs after us and he's looking for us and he's watching over us. And then when we finally turn around and say, okay, I'm ready to come back, he runs after us, he picks us up, he embraces us, he loves us, and he does not let go. And this is the God that we have. And this is how he corrects us is he realigns us and embraces us first and loves us first and then shows us the path of righteousness. He doesn't show us his backhand. He shows us love and comfort and support. He rejoices with us. He celebrates the fact that we're back. This is our good shepherd. The fourth point is the good shepherd knows us. John 10, 3 says, the, geek, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. It's the thing about shepherds. They would put in so much time with the sheep. It's like a 24-hour job watching these things that just wander off. And they would constantly care for them and speak to them and talk to them and build relationship with them. And at nighttime, they'd take them into the sheepfold, and it was just this big wall that surrounded them with a little opening. Now, the opening had no gate. It was just an entrance. And they would, the shepherd would lead the sheep in, and then the shepherd would become the gate. They would lay in between the entrance to protect anything from trying to come in and keeping all the sheep in. And so the sheep knew in that time that they were protected. They were watched over because the good shepherd was right there watching them. And during those times, if it was the weather was bad or they'd 
start getting a little frantic, he would talk to them. He would calm them. He would sing to them. And then they could rest and they could have peace and they would know that the shepherd was with them. And so then when they came out during the daytime, they knew his voice and they would follow after him. Again, sheep couldn't see real well, right? So they had to trust the shepherd. And so when the shepherd would walk them through treacherous terrain or, or through cliffs and, and tight areas, they'd say, okay, come here now, now come here, now come on down here, listen to my voice. And they would walk them all the way to those places. And the sheep knew the voice of the shepherd so well that they trusted him. Even though they couldn't see everything in front of them, they trusted the guidance of the shepherd. And it's said that sheep would be so accustomed to one shepherd that if that shepherd died or moved on to another job, a new shepherd would come in. And a lot of times they'd have to slaughter all the sheep because they wouldn't listen to that voice. They only would listen to the voice of the shepherd, their good shepherd, their first shepherd. When we get so accustomed and so in tune with God's voice, no other voice matters. We start pinpointing in in hard seasons of life which voice is his and which voice is the enemy. When we start hearing thoughts like, you're not good enough, you'll never measure up, you're not as good as this person, you'll never make it in a relationship, nobody ever will really love you and care for you, we can start pinpointing and saying, that's not the voice of the shepherd. That's the enemy. That's the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy me. He's trying to take me out. The shepherd knows who I am, knows the good inside of me, knows the potential inside of me, and is leading me to the right places. And even though we can't see the good shepherd, we hear his voice. Because in our quiet times, when we're alone with him, we press into the Holy Spirit, we press into him, and we start to understand his voice better and better. If we don't hear him during the daytime, it's because we haven't pressed into him enough during our quiet times to hear the voice of the shepherd. That when we press in close to him, he presses back into us. As we draw near into him, he draws near to us. As we speak to him, he speaks back to us, the, she- the shepherd knows the voice of the sheep. The sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. We need to know him and know his voice, and he will guide us. And the last point here is the good shepherd brings protection. Psalm 23, verse 5, says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is David who went through some tough times in life, right? He was appointed to be king, but the king at that time was chasing him, trying to kill him, throwing spears at him. But in that time, he could still say these things, that in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table for me. I don't know about you, but I love to eat. I have peace and joy when I'm eating, if, as long as it's good. He's saying, in the moments where the enemy is close to me and still lurking and still trying to attack me, I have peace and joy in the midst of it because you are with me the whole time. See, just because we're following the good shepherd does not mean the enemy's not looking to take you out. It actually means even more so. The closer we press into the Lord, the more the enemy wants to take you out because he sees you as a threat. When we go back to John 10, the very beginning is Jesus is talking to this man that he had just healed from blindness, did this amazing miracle. And right after the miracle, the Pharisees kicked him out of the temple. 
When we press into the things of the Lord, the enemy is still looking to take us out and render us ineffective and useless. But God is giving us the wisdom and the encouragement and everything we need in the midst of it. He's saying, I'm with you. I will protect you. I will watch out for you. That's what the rod was for, was to protect. He'd fight off the attacks of the enemy. And the good shepherd in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggle, wants to give you peace and joy and comfort and rest and that you can celebrate even when it seems like everybody else is out to get you. Even when it seems like nothing can go completely right. Even when it seems like your finances are just crashing or your relationships are crashing. In the midst of hard and difficult times, he can still provide a feast for us when we press into him. The success of the sheep is dependent on their proximity to the shepherd. The success of us as sheep is dependent on how close we are to the shepherd, how well we hear his voice, how much we press into him in the hard times and the dark times of our life, knowing that we have a good God who loves us. And Jesus says, the good shepherd is the one who lays his life down for the sheep. He already laid his life down for you so that you can have a rich and abundant life, a full life. John 16, says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. No sugarcoating it. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In the good shepherd I lack nothing. In the good shepherd I have direction. In the good shepherd I have peace. In the good shepherd I have joy. I have comfort. I have a security. I have a hopefulness. Because I know that he is good and because he knows me, I know that he wants the best out of my life. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Good shepherd doesn't want to control the sheep. The good shepherd wants to empower the sheep. He wants to let the sheep see what their real identity is and that it's strong and that it's effective and that it's powerful when we are close to him. That as I press into the Holy Spirit, as I press into him in my difficult times, as I lean into hearing his voice, he will be with me and he will walk with me and he will guide me and he will restore my soul. Many of us are in the season of, of struggling or despair or, or just running through some hard problems. The question is, are we looking to the good shepherd to lead us? Are we trusting and following him? Or are we trusting in our own abilities and our own strengths? God wants to be there for you. He wants to guide you. Jesus is your good shepherd. And as he's pleading to the man he had just healed, he's saying, know that I am the good shepherd. And that I won't leave your side. And then I know what's best for you. And I know how to fill you up. And I know how to give you peace. If everybody would just close their eyes. If there's anybody in this room that you have not made Jesus your shepherd, the Lord and Savior of your life, and you've been leading your own life, but you know, man, God, I, I need you. I need the shepherd. I need somebody who's going to lead me to the green pastures and the quiet, still waters and refresh my soul, that I have been doing it all on my own, but no longer do I want to. If there's anybody in this room saying, I want to give my life to Jesus, would you simply just raise your hand that I can pray with you? Anybody in here?
Come on, anybody that says, I've not put my hope in the shepherd, but today I want to. Come on, one more chance. Anybody here? Praise God. Well, the Bible says that when we believe with our heart and we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, we are saved. But it doesn't mean that life is perfect. Life is still difficult. But we have not, and the, the good shepherd has not left our side. And he's given you all that you need to live a full life today. So if you're struggling with peace and you're struggling with joy and you're struggling with perfection, God is saying, just put your cares on me today. Lean into me and I will restore you. I will refresh you. We're going to press into a time of, of response and of worship. And we have a team up here that wants to pray with you. So if there's anything that you're struggling with of finding your peace or finding your joy, would you just find someone up here and they can pray with you? If we would all just stand now, I'm going to pray. And we're going to go into this time of just responding to him. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the good shepherd. We thank you that we have everything that we need to live this full and exciting and pleasing lifestyle to you, God, that you are with us. And we lean into your leading today. God, we want to be led by the good shepherd in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's respond to him. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.